0: Welcome to episode 103 of Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. It's a bit of a special bonus episode today that I am bringing to you uh, in order to help a friend of mine raise some money for a good cause. If you listened to episode 102, you'd have heard me chatting with Al Galpin. Um, He's a friend of mine who previously organised a 36-hour charity podcast broadcast for Comet Relief. And this year he's doing a two-day charity podcast festival for sport relief. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to go because trains to Southampton are stupidly expensive for no reason that I can fathom. So to sort of make up for not being there and not being able to do a show and not being able to support in the way that I wanted to, I thought I'd just do a little extra bonus episode to talk a bit about sports-related movies We've got a slightly different format for this episode so I'll be talking to a couple of different people for little short bursts about their favourite sporty movies Um, and then hopefully I'll get somebody to talk to me about my favourite sporty movie. I'm going to leave you all in suspenders about what that might be. In the meantime, if you'd like to hear more about the Superpod, uh, where to get tickets, which podcasts are going to be on that day, where to go, all the pertinent details are on superpod.co.uk. That's superpod.co.uk. You can also donate via that page or you can go straight to justgiving.com forward slash super pod. The whole event is in aid of Sport Relief, which is a branch of Comet Relief. And they've got their fingers in so many difference-making pies. If you donate to them, you could be supporting people with mental health issues. You could be providing life-saving maternal health care for mothers and babies. You could be helping people at risk of trafficking or domestic violence. You could be joining the fight to end malaria. Comic Relief does an awful lot of stuff, both here in the UK and across the world. So if you want to find out more about the difference that you can make by donating to the Superpod, uh, go to comicrelief.com. If you do decide to make a donation to Al's page, that's superpod.co.uk or justgiving.com forward slash super pod, tell him I sent you so that I get a lovely big ego boost from being so great and having the best listeners. <laughs> anyway, on with the show.
1: I basically only like two sports movies. Yeah. <laughs> and they're pretty fringe So I didn't have to rack my brains too much It was like, well, do I want to talk about uh, Rollerball Or do I want to talk about Escape to Victory So it, it's that was, oh, Slapshot, I guess The Slapshot yeah. So it wasn't act, actually a lot It's like, has anybody took those yet? If no, then i have to talk about those Otherwise, I'm, I'm not a sporty film particularly Well,
0: you know. it kind of tickled me Because I assumed, because We all know that I'm a bit shit at having watched movies Mm. that came out, like, prior to me having a Cineworld card. Yeah. Um, But I sort of assumed in my own head that I'd seen loads of sport movies. Mm. But I thought, I'll have a look on, like, one of these, you know, top 100 sports movies lists or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Because I I don't want to forget one. I don't want to, like, end up talking about, I don't know, fucking dodgeball.
1: Yeah, yeah. And
0: there's like a fucking classic that I'm missing. Anyway, I was scrolling through this list and I was like, yep, you know how I always joke about how I shouldn't be allowed to have a podcast? (laughs) Like 100% shouldn't be allowed. I was like Raging Bull. No, never seen it. Escape to Victory. No, never seen it. (laughs) It's this other like important Moneyball. No, never seen it. Mm
1: -hmm. Jerry
0: Maguire. No, never seen it. Like, <laughs> so yeah, there's
1: so many But there's a lot of those that are very fringe Like, mm. Jerry Maguire is very Fringe, it's not it's a, it's a film about professional sports But it's not a sports movie It's not about the team and the players And their rise to victory and all that kind of stuff
0: Yeah
1: It's basically a romance about a guy about a, It's about sports promotion It's about promotion more than sports That kind of thing But I, see, like, I wouldn't I'm, know, I'm
0: thinking,
1: I haven't seen it <laughs> I, I'd think like yeah, Major League at Bull Durham. What was the and that kind? Of, you kind of push pushing it really. Mm. That's that's about as far as my knowledge goes because I'm not very sporty at all. So it, it's kind of a, a weird, like I say, it was very easy for me because it was like a, <laughs> it was a literally a flip up between well, I can talk about this or I can talk about that. That then you should choose this, really. And I thought yeah. they're both kind of you know, I'm sure a lot of you know sports enthusiasts would go. You're you're pushing it a bit there, Grace. I don't know. Those are very, you know, only tangentially sports movies, a science fiction film and a war movie, you know, (laughs) you're kind of pushing the definition there a bit. So, and that was literally that slipped it. I thought, well, at least football's a real sport, whereas (laughs) in rollerball, it's a made-up sport. Yeah. So...
0: Yeah, because I did think about choosing basketball for a while, because that <laughs> film is really fucking funny and good, uh, but it's not a real sport, and I don't think... <laughs> yeah. It. I think it enti- your mileage entirely depends on how you want to define a sport anyway, because yeah. when I was talking to Rich about this earlier, and I was like, I think I might choose the wrestler. He was like, no, wrestling's not a sport. I was like, hold on, what? And he was like, no, the type of wrestling that is featured in the film The Wrestler is 100% entertainment. It is not sport. Yeah. And I was like, ugh... Oh. But
1: on it's that, yeah, but you could. Sport, yeah, though. it's I, very
0: athletic. You have it, to be it, very it's, it's skilled.
1: It's included in. Yeah, but that's the whole wrestling debate, though, really. Yeah, isn't I suppose. It? But it's it's included in the sport category. I'd say if you look up, you know. Sports and movies I'll, I'll be, yeah. I, yeah, I expect that would be in there
0: Well it was number one in the list I looked at So, yeah. so, <laughs> so it'd, Rich
1: it'd
0: shut there. his face I mean I love you love <laughs> you husband um, So you chose Escape to Victory I did Tell, tell me about this film because I've not seen it Unsurprisingly
1: okay. <laughs> So okay, Escape to Victory 1981 Directed by John Huston Who's a legendary film director Right He did the Maltese Falcon, he did uh, African Queen, he did The Man Who Would Be King, legendary director, right? And he makes uh, Escape to Victory, which is essentially a comic book movie that's not based on a comic book. It's basically uh, like a a genre blend of, I said genre, yeah, I didn't say gender, genre blend of your war movie, your prisoner war escape movie, and football. It's basically Roy the Rovers does the great escape. (laughs) And it's a complete popcorn flick. It is an absolute bank holiday, Boxing Day lunchtime on the sofa bloke movie. <laughs> in that it's, it's football and Prisoner War and Nazis and Stallone's in it. You got Stallone and Michael Kane Stallone at the peak of his fame. This he made Escape to Victory. I think it was j- just after Rocky Two and before Rocky Three, so he was. At his top pre, I think he was. He, he, I think he made it just before First Blood, so he was the big. He was the big new fresh guy at the time. Mm. So anyway, the plot is it's 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 interesting. The behind the scenes stuff for Escape to Victory is almost, I'm quite possibly, arguably more interesting than that. That's actually what's on the screen because it's based on a film, a 1962 Hungarian film called Two Halves in Hell. <laughs> which itself was based on a real event that happened in world war Two, where the essentially the germans according to myth that is because it turns out the story you hear that it was based on wasn't actually true so the myth of the real story is that in 1942 the germans challenged i think it was in in the ukraine the germans challenged the kiev is it kiev kiev Then the local team, the city team for Kiev to a football match. And basically they said, as a a propaganda exercise, and they basically said, if you win, you'll be executed. If you lose, you'll be let free. And the football players, the the Ukraine team basically went, fuck it, we're going to win. And they won and they were executed. Jesus. That's the myth. Hell of a story. But it turns out that that's not what happened. What happened was it, they played a series of matches that were essentially, I guess you'd call friendlies, between the German army. There was an army base near nearby Kiev, and it was a, a bakery team, uh, a, a team composed of from, from a big baking factory, bakery shop, composed of players who happened to be from the Kiev local teams. I think it was something like, hang on, let me check my notes, Dynamo Kiev and Lokomotiv Kiev. And they basically when the war started, when the occupation started, they couldn't play football. They became bakers. And anyway, so it was a series of matches. Some they won and some the Germans won, some they lost. And there was no kind of uh after the war this came out, that there was no kind of like oppression or blackmail or no Nazis with dogs forcing them to play at gunpoint and nobody was executed at the time. It turned out later on, several months later, several of the players were arrested and executed for other reasons, um, but they weren't. No, no one was executed for playing in these matches. But after the war, you, the Ukraine fell under the USSR, and it was the, the Russians, the Soviets, put out this story about the Germans forcing the Ukrainian football players to play at gunpoint to basically cover up the shame of the Ukrainian players collaborating in inverted commas with the with the Germans. Mm-hmm. So it's a weird kind of. So, <laughs> wow. so it's like you know, layer upon layer upon layer of backstory before you get to the film. Now the the film, as originally written, like it, looks like it was based on a Hungarian film from 1962 called Two Halves in Hell, which was a much darker, more serious drama. Mm-hmm. And the original script for Escape to Victory, or Victory, as it was originally called, was a much more serious film. Uh, somewhere along the way the rewrites happened and it became a much more of a popcorn flick, a jolly kind of happy, cheerful, feel-good adventure movie, essentially. And, you know, Stallone was cast in it, built like a brick shit house. He looks like, he just stands <laughs> out that he's, clear, he's clearly got an 80s bodybuilder physique. Although he apparently he lost something like 40 pounds or something to make the film, he still looks like a fucking Adonis walking around... <laughs> Next to all is genuine because the. Here's the thing: the, the the film is populated. One of the gimmicks of the film is that. Can I tell you? I'll tell you what the plot the plot of the film is. Can <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell you the first thing that I should have told you ten minutes ago? The plot, the plot of the film is: um, Max von Sydow is a German Wehrmacht officer. He's on an inspection of a of a prisoner of war camp in World War Two. He sees a bunch of the POWs playing football. And it, it turns out he was before the war. He was a professional footballer. He played for Germany, so he was naturally attracted to the to the football. He goes off and watches the, the lads having a kick about, and he's talking to Michael Kane, who he recognizes as being a professional footballer himself before the war. And they have a bit of banter about, you know, oh, you know, wouldn't it be good to have a proper match between, you know, us Germans and and you lot? And so. Uh Michael Caine agrees on the condition that they get proper diet, proper equipment, and all this kind of stuff. So to improve his conditions for his team, he agrees for this friendly. Once he agrees it, the German high command get an ear of it and decide to make some kind of propaganda hay out of it. And decide to make it a big deal. It becomes a big deal. The British high command gets wind of this because the Germans are, you know, propagandising, if that's the word. <laughs> it. And it all, it all gets a bit at the can. So you've got the Germans who are pushing it as a big thing because apparently, according to the film, I don't know if it's true because I don't know my football history. At this point, Germany had never beaten England in, in football. So it would be a big propaganda score if Germany could win this match against this mixed ally POW team. At the same time, the British high commander going, this is outrageous. This is collaboration and blah, blah, blah. So to try and take the sting out of it, they plot. To break the team out during the match. So you've got on the one hand and and then you've got the guys in the middle appear to who just want to play some fucking football, right? <laughs> so, Amazing. so what was it's quite it's quite an interesting story. It's kind of goofy and silly, but it's kind of like an interesting kind of parable, really. You got these guys who just want to play football and be chums and have a nice friendly match, and then you've got the Germans on the one side. Wanted to make propaganda hay out of it, and the the the, the British high command on the side wanted to again kind of create rescue the propaganda angle for it by creating escape. So that's how it kind of escalates. So as part of the gimmick of this film, is the POWs are all played by. Real footballers An international team Of footballers I so, bet
0: they look Amazing Next to Stallone
1: <laughs> <laughs> Of course Yeah This is the 70s And stuff So you've got, you got These folks Who look like They drink pints And smoke fags During half time Right mm, So you've, yeah. got, you've got A got people like Ozzy Ardiles <laughs> And Bobby Moore And Mike <laughs> Sotheby And Pele Pele's the superstar Obviously at the time And he's he comes in And he actually Designed the the Football plays During the match And all this kind of stuff so, but it's, but it's great. But you've got so much great backstories from this. Apparently, I've not read it, but apparently Michael Caine's autobiography goes on about Escape to Victory quite a bit because apparently he took the job just so he could meet Pele. Because <laughs> Michael Caine does this kind of thing. He That's would take, amazing. which is in so many shit films, is he does what he calls money movies where he takes a job just so he can, like he did Jaws the Revenge so he could. You know, extend his house and have a few weeks in the Bahamas and stuff like that. You see, oh, I love so that. and I can't blame him. It's fucking, oh, that's the we? way to live your life. Yeah. <laughs> so and then there's all these backstories, which might be apocryphal about the making of the film, particularly Stallone's behaviour. So Stallone comes in, who was a big star at the time, and apparently one of the stories says that he was he plays in the film. He plays a goalie. He's the, he's an American. Who, who 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 signed up with the Canadian Commandos and he was taken prisoner of war at Dieppe and he's uh so there's all this stuff about him trying to play football with his hands and all this kind of stuff and they go look you're shit but you can be a goalie so apparently as part of his training he had the the I can't remember the guy's name unfortunately the England the guy who was goalie for the England the World Cup winning England squad was okay. training him how to be a goalie and apparently he wasn't Stalin wasn't paying any attention to the training <laughs> And he was just throwing himself around, giving it the big I am, until he like fractured his ribs and dislocated his shoulder and broke his (laughs) finger. And then he started paying attention to what he was being told. So he did the training and then became convinced he's the best goalkeeper the world has ever seen. (laughs) And bet, again, this is all apocryphal, so I don't want to be (laughs) sick. And then he bet Pelé something like $2,000 that Pelé couldn't score past him. Oh, God. So he, I
2: hope this is true.
1: So, I mean, it's just so good. So apparently, he's all like, come on, man, come on, man. And, you know, you get, you get ten shots and I'll save all of them. And every one of these ten shots whizzes past fucking Stallone's ear into the back of the deck before he can even move his feet off the turf. <laughs> fucking class. There's also a story oh, that oh. says that Stallone was saying during the – Make another film That Stallone said Because he's the star And he's the goalie Remember Because he's the star He should win He should score The winning goal At the end A big time oh. <laughs> so He said he should Get the ball Dribble it all the way Up the pitch Past all the All the German players And mm. boof it into The, the German goal <laughs> Bearing in mind He's surrounded By fucking Real Football players
0: Oh gosh. And
1: A British crew <laughs> Of like you know a Typical British crew Of all football fans Who are literally working With their You know Their idols At the time Right And eventually They gang up on Stallone And convince him That's not gonna Fucking happen Sly That's <laughs> Just not gonna happen So What happens is Am I allowed to spoil the end? Am I allowed to spoil?
0: Yeah it's fine oh, It's an old enough film That I feel like okay. I should have seen I, it by now
1: Okay <laughs> At the end of the film it's a, it's a really good, fun, you know, good. I mean, I'm not a football-y type person, but it got me, it got me going. You know, it's one of the things I kind of like about the film or things I can appreciate the film is that it elevates sport to a level where I can appreciate what it means to people who enjoy football. Yeah. So to people who enjoy football, it's life and death. It's the most important thing in the world when that match is going on. Mm. I don't feel that I'm not a sporty person, but when you put it in the context of World War Two and it's us versus the Nazis and all that kind of stuff, those are kind of I can appreciate those those that kind of level of intensity. You know, it becomes something I can relate to. So at the end, you've got this thing, and of course, you know, it's it's pure comic book stuff. So you've got the Germans who are cheating. They've they've got a crooked ref who disallows you know allied goals and all this kind of stuff. You've got you've got the players like dirty tackling the allied players and all this kind of stuff. You know they're kind of you know punching them in the ribs and all this oh kind of God. stuff. It's all crop crop. It's great, brilliant. Oh, it's just lovely. And what happens is the big finale is Pele scores this amazing over the head uh, bicycle kick thing where he flips over backwards and boosts the 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 ball into the goal. Fucking amazing. The <laughs> crowd goes wild. I go wild. You know, fucking <laughs> yes, right? That's how it was supposed to end, with this big, huge, classic moment. Apparently, so the legend goes, because Sloan had been playing his face about wanting to do this, they went, okay, well, we can't do that, but what we'll do, and they wrote a new ending for him, where there's a, in the last minute of play, there's a there's a foul, a penalty awarded and uh Stallone gets to save the the big penalty at the end, which is a less of a it's a good it's a good it's a nice moment, but it's less of a stand up and punch the air moment than Pele yes. doing his fucking anti gravity <laughs> upside down scissor kick or whatever you call it, you know? Mm. But um but there you go. And apparently, yeah, there's there's, there's apparently there's all these backstories about Stallone being a bit of a dick and all this kind of stuff and not not you know, fucking off. I'm not sure but I think it was filmed in Yugoslavia or Hungary or something like that. Hungary. And 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 Stallone would fuck off on a plane every weekend and go to Paris and not <laughs> not hang out with everybody else, you know? Oh. And he was always turning up late. And apparently uh, Michael Caine had to have a quiet word with him about, because he was always turning up late. And, and Michael Caine sort of basically said, the next time you turn up late, I'm not going to fucking turn up and you can wait for me. And apparently Stallone was on time uh, from there. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you would be,
1: wouldn't you? <laughs> well, yeah, quite, right? So, But yeah, so it, like I say, it's, it's a real, for me, it's a real comic book movie, but it's one of those ones that's not based on an actual comic book, but it's exactly the sort of thing you would get in, here's an arcade reference here, like Victor or Tiger, one of those comics, where they just go, well, boys like war and boys like football, so fuck it, we'll just put the two together and we'll have a war. There was an actual strip in Battle called the football team that went to war which is actually quite a clever story with the sort of set it really starts before the war with a team who 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 all at the break of war they all sign up and then each week it's a different story of each player who goes off and some of them get killed some you know become heroes some of them get wounded and all this kind of stuff so it becomes like an anthology of 11 different stories or whatever over the week but it's that like that kind of thing but it's 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 very much a great escape homage with a bunch of football thrown in (laughs) and it plays with it plays with all those kind of cliches and archetypes and that kind of stuff there's all there's all the stuff about the you know the the clever escapes and and up with the resistance and all that kind of stuff and it's it's one of those ones you it's either going to be the worst film you've ever seen in your life (laughs) or or you're just going to get into it and go oh this is this is beautiful and I'm not. I'm a big war movie fan, but I'm not a big football or sports fan at all. And I remember it would have been when it first came out in like '81. Like I used to buy Battle Comic, which was a British war comic. And each week they'd have like a, a, a full page feature about a, a, a different war film. And one of the weeks they did Escape to Victory, as it was a new one. And I thought, well, that's you know, that's not going to please anybody. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was very obvious to me as a kid that that you know, kids growing up who read comics. There was the war crowd who bought the war comics and then there was the sport crowd who bought the sports comics and you didn't get an awful lot of crossover between the Tiger readers and the Royal of the Rovers readers and the Battle and Warlord and Victor readers. So, I mean, and then you had a comment like Victor that was like 50 50 split between war and sports. And I just couldn't understand who the fucking hell was <laughs> reading that and reading the whole thing. Cause I just read the war strips in there and ignore the sports one. And my mate would just read the sports strips and ignore the war stories. So, but it feels like, it feels like a skeptic victory was just like a, it's, it's just a weird, a weird film that's just a beautiful gem <laughs> of what the fuck. <laughs> You know, oh. and there needs to be I'm really disappointed I'm really sad that my, my DVD doesn't have any behind the scenes because it feels like there ought to be a big like feature length behind the scenes documentary about the the backstory and the making of the thing because you, you know it, there just seems to be so much kind of backstory and history to it and, and the behind the scenes stories uh, are just like legendary it's kind of it's a weird kind of blokey bloke film <laughs> It, it, it's pure it's it's just a film that I saw I would have seen like in the 80s when it was on TV the first time I thought oh that's that one that was I think it was on at Christmas I remember it was on at Christmas and um, I thought oh that's that one that was in battle that time and I'd watch just about any war film going at the time <laughs> And, uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought, well, I'm surprised I enjoyed that because of all the football in it, you know, <laughs> but it, di- it did weirdly give me some kind of appreciation for football. And I could, I could then I'm not, yeah, you know, so I don't really watch football. I could watch, I used to watch the kind of like the world cup and stuff like that. And I could get kind of into it and start to appreciate the, the skill and, and all that kind of stuff and the, yeah. and the kind of backwards and forwards of it and the, the drama of it and all that kind of stuff. But it's, but it's, it's a, it's a wonderful batshit film. It's just apparently I don't know if it's true, but apparently the guy who wrote the original script, when it was supposed to be a, a dark, serious drama, was so tra- traumatized by the film when he actually saw it because it was so different to what he envisioned, he contemplated suicide. No, I don't. I, I know. I don't know if that's true, but it's like Jesus Christ. Oh
0: no! I hope it's not
1: true. No, I hope it's not true. <laughs> oh, but apparently. But the but uh, apparently there's there's a remake on the way. I was just doing a bit of I was doing a bit of my, I you know I don't just belch out this shit. I do do a bit of research again. Okay? <laughs> so when you give me time, so I did a bit of research. Apparently there's a remake on the way. So I, I, it'd be interesting to see which way it goes, whether it goes, I'd like to see two remakes to be honest. I'd like to see a, a proper one that looks at the, that either looks at the real event or looks at the mythology and does the, the bullshit kind of Russian propaganda version. Of, Cause that's like a really edgy, deep, you know, you know, winning your getaway and, you know, uh, winning you die and losing you, you're giving your freedom. That's a, that's a good story in itself, you know, or I'd like to see a proper bonkers um, <laughs> popcorn blockbuster that just really goes for the, the Roy the Rovers aspect yeah. and sticks in. I wouldn't know any of the fucking footballers who were in it, by well, the way.
0: Well, I was it, just has... going to say, I I mean, I've got the opposite thing to you. I've, I've not seen this film. I don't particularly like war movies, but I do love football. Yeah. Um, and I feel like a remake of this could live or die on the footballers that are involved because I'm just going to say this now, based on performances for, like, adverts and stuff, <laughs> not very many good footballers. Yeah. Well,
1: this this is the thing. One of the the ledges that go with it was the actors had to be taught how to play football and the footballers had to be taught how to act. And nobody really comes out terribly well. (laughs) So, but you've got all these actors. To be fair, the the footballers aren't given a lot to say. Uh, But they they get these... To be honest, they're quite naturalistic. You know, they're not called on to perform an awful lot. but But there's some nice moments in there. And the one thing, the one genuinely memorable moment i think that everyone who's seen this probably remembers is as part of the plot stallone has to be isn't the goalie originally they've got another goalie but they have to get stallone for plot reasons that won't go into they need to replace the goalie with stallone and the only way can they can do that is by saying that their goalie is injured and they um so in order to (laughs) be able to convince the german doctor who's going to even check up that he is injured they have to injure him, so God. they basically have to break his arm. And there's a, there's a, a scene where basically they, they're in the the in the bunk room, and he says, "Okay, put your arm your arm across these two planks. these two plank," and basically just Michael Caine just stamps on his arm and breaks his arm. Oh. And it's a yeah, it's a completely. Like, I mean, it doesn't show you or anything. You only hear like the crack. Ah. But it, it's each one of those where it just sets everybody's teeth in an age. And anybody who's seen it, I swear you would remember that that scene but it's but you should you should definitely watch it you it's a good one to just have a beer at just like it's like a good sunday afternoon yeah. type type movie you know like a bank holiday <laughs> boxing day type movie it's, it's a film I, i've got on dvd and i i it's one of those things i can't resist watching if i flip over the tv channel and it's on no matter what point it's at, I have to sit down and watch the rest of it
0: yeah.
1: from from that point on. It's just one of those.
0: I will definitely give it a whirl. I feel like I feel like a fully choreographed football game is probably going to be a bit more exciting than the usual <laughs> football game. Yeah. I watched the Caribou Cup yesterday because I happened to be a Villa fan, and that that was a mistake. So yeah. <laughs>
1: You're just sounding like now you're talking about real football. You're sounding like Charlie Brown's teacher to me now. <laughs> I <laughs> could I could talk <laughs> about <laughs> <laughs> it's literally I could talk about fictional football within the context of of the Robbers comics and Michael Caine's Still Life Alone movies. <laughs> but once the actual football thing starts, and it's all just like it's gone. Shut up, Steve. It's gone. <laughs>
0: Well, right, we've got about three minutes before Jenny arrives. I want to go really slightly off topic and say, Lee, what did you think of the movie The Lighthouse?
1: (laughs) I thought it was the biggest pile of shit. (laughs) Now, I'm saying this as somebody who's seen The Joker, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I thought I, I don't know what's going wrong with the world at the minute. <laughs> Joker came out and it's garbage and it yep. wins Oscars. Yep. Fucking the lighthouse came out, it's complete garbage and it's it's getting these like five star reviews <laughs> and stuff like that. Fucking colour <laughs> well... out of space is coming out, that's a big pile of shit, and I'm sure that's gonna win some fucking <laughs> up. Cause that's the way the world's going right now. Apparently you can just take a big old shit on a film and everybody's gonna love it literally
0: jizz on screen and people all slobber it up like I, fools. I, just, I, just,
1: <laughs> I really didn't need that image oh
0: but... my god seriously I, like okay so I thought I'm gonna have to blitz through this so quickly like I saw this film with Rich and he's gave it five stars I gave it two and a half because I think the cinematography is great and the way that it's filmed is great and the performances are mostly great even though I can't fully understand half of what's being said yeah, okay. but that foghorn made me want to do a murder and and also it's a whole bunch of pretentious claptrap. Yeah. And also, I wasn't sure if it was my asexuality showing, but I really hated every sequence in which we see anybody masturbate. Yeah. But the fact that they go as far as showing Willem Dafoe's jizz dripping through like a grated see, floor yeah, but I was tell of... if that was
1: supposed to be his or if that was supposed <sighs> to be slime off the tentacle thing that may or might not have been up there. Just mate, it was. I
2: don't... Yeah.
1: I thought I think it's what got me I was really looking forward to that film. Mm. I was so looking forward to it. The buzz around it was really good. I I like these kind of I generally like kind of arty horror movies you know, and that kind of stuff. And I like like uh, claustrophobic movies. You know, just two people stuck in a lighthouse. I can, I can get behind that kind of like uh, Lovecraftian kind of horror. I can get behind that. Yeah. And I was having visions of. <laughs> I was having visions. One of my favourite Doctor Who's is the Horror of Fang Rock, right? And I I, that imprinted on me as a kid, so I'm really into like lighthouse horror, right? So I was really looking forward to this, and it is such fucking horror. (laughs)
0: I'm I'm
1: thinking this is this is this is gibberish, right? I was oh god, I was so
0: annoyed because that director did The Witch, which I think is a really good film, like really good. So I was looking forward to this, and. You know, it painted Robert Patterson in a different light to me because he really carried that fucking film. Like, he was really fucking good. Yeah. But, like, I just, I just, uh, I just, I uh, fucking, what
1: even, what even the fuck? I, I, thought, I thought, is it me? Am I just too old for this weird shit
0: now? I wondered if I'm just an idiot because I am a bit of an idiot anyway because, like, Rich was jizzing all over this movie, but then Rich also liked Mandy, which I hated, so. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. That's our time. We're done. Okay. We're done. Go home, Lee. We're already at home. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> thanks for stopping by.
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks for having me. And thanks for giving me the, you know, a chance to vent about the lighthouse.
0: Hello. <laughs>
2: I'm going to say probably shouldn't put any of that on the air
0: (laughs) yeah no it's fine all of this will get edited out because we haven't even started Started talking about fucking sports movies yet (laughs)
2: It's just a catch-up really it's
0: been a long time yeah, it has been it's been too long and I, I feel like maybe we should schedule a proper episode at some point or just you know an actual chat <laughs> <That's it. laughs> you know where we don't record things well, and I've then got... go "What? don't put that out fucking slandered someone exactly now, now I've got <laughs> Skype working
2: can totally deal with it <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean I've got a phone as well but you know uh, but weirdly enough, I find using phones so much chitter than just skyping. I don't know what it is, and I, I cannot can't explain it. I just hate using the phone. <laughs> it's
2: also, that my signal is shocking in this house. Mm. I have to sit in a certain room or be in the back garden, and quite frankly, it's cold and wet right now. So
0: yeah, it's not great. No. So, sports. Sports <laughs> movies. Sports. 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 So, um, so, you you rather uh, cheekily stole my favourite sports movie. Now <laughs> I've another one. You get.
2: Do you know um, what? It wasn't until I started looking through where it ranked on IMDb in their top 100, and it was like 54 or something.
0: Um, in sports movies or in general?
2: In a sports movies, apparently. Could be. 50. No, it was Yeah. I'd have a look again. But I'm quite concerned that I'll get a ping off another site, and I don't want to record that because that would be an annoying noise. Mm. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Uh, but whilst I was scrolling through, it showed me other sports movies that I thought, oh yeah, I'd seen that. It's a good film.
0: <laughs> See, I had entirely the opposite reaction because I was looking at sports movies, thinking, shit, what am I going to pick now that Jenny's picked a league of their own? And I was scrolling through, and I was like, oh, I haven't seen that, 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 and this went on for a good day. <laughs>
2: I just, I just saw The Blind Side and I thought, yeah, I do like that movie. That's a good movie, that. Or um, Secretariat's a good film. I mean, is it a sports movie? I mean, it's about horse racing. So technically that's a sport, right?
0: See, I would consider that a sport, but I was just having this conversation with Lee whereby <laughs> I wanted to – once you'd picked a league of their own, I wanted to pick the wrestler, but then my hobby said that wrestling isn't a sport or the the wrestling that's in that movie is mm. entertainment. It's not a sport. It's not like – you know, Olympics wrestling, it's like sports entertainment wrestling, so it doesn't count. And I was like, but Rich, it's number one on this list of sports movies I'm looking at. So how about shut up?
2: (laughs) (laughs) And if I said that to my mate, who's a wrestler in um, WAW here, Mm -hmm. he'd probably be like, it's a sport because he, you know, he has to work
0: out. He has to train. He has to, you know, look after himself. Oh my God. The level of fucking, Precision And athleticism You have to have To do some of those moves And not Break your own neck Or someone else's mm. face Yeah it's yeah Bananas Like I We were watching The latest AEW pay-per-view Over the weekend mm. And people were doing Like fucking Suplexes Onto like Wooden ramps And I was just like Oh, oh That's got a smart
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean I've just watched Clips of my mate On Instagram I've never seen him Actually wrestle live But at some point I will, but it's not something that overly interests me, but I'm really happy that he's doing it because he loves it. But yeah, I've watched him do like, massive body slams off the top rope or stuff or people throwing him onto his back and I'm like, oh.
0: Yeah. Fuck. The, uh, there was a recent WWE where somebody did a moonsault off a, off the ca- the top of a cage during a cage match. Oh uh and the cages go so fucking high. Yeah. Oh, it just it just it my heart does a little flutter in my throat cuz I'm like am I about to watch the one WWE where someone fucking dies? Mm. Like, I mean they would never put that on the TV. But anyway, we should totally go and see your friend wrestle. We should.
2: Uh, <laughs> I tell you what, you you can you come stay with me again for a, a weekend or I'll find us an Airbnb we'll go stay there cuz of the dog. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we'll go watch my mate Callum in war w a w oh, his, that sounds good his mum's a wrestler you see it's in the family, so so he does it too so.
0: i don't I don't understand like we will actually start talking about your movie in a minute that's fine but i don't, I've never quite understood why people think about going into like combat sports regardless of whether they're entertainment or whether they're like you know yeah. fucking m m a or whatever I've never understood that because it just seems so dangerous yeah, and terrifying like you must have the, like you must just love adrenaline and such because mm. <laughs> you.
2: you I mean he's
0: he's always always
2: loved it I mean I used to enjoy wrestling when I was you know when when it was WWF not WWE mm-hmm. yeah that's right but then I kind of just stopped
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: basically (laughs) um you know around about the time of the ultimate worry and all that lot and the Mm. undertaker was cool and now it just seems a bit oh it's sad
0: yeah. Every every time the Undertaker comes out, I'm like, just stop or oh, yeah. oh, just have a little sit-down. <laughs> It'd be like seeing the wolf in gladiators today. <laughs> yeah. And he was oh, old when he did gladiators. So. It was, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. It does it does worry me when you see some of the older wrestlers like coming in, especially like during WrestleMania and stuff. Like they'll always have look at this guy who hasn't been out in it for fucking ever and then he like takes 30 years to like zimmer a frame up to the fucking ring and you're like oh no yeah <laughs> help yeah. <laughs> then
2: he pulls a James Brown and just throws his cape off and just fucking plummets one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or, or just very tentatively gets thrown out of the ring and it's like right that's his job done for the day
2: <laughs> well done here. it was a lovely to see you bye <laughs> You've already got your chair. You're good, mate. Yeah,
0: you're all good. Anywho, <laughs> anyway, let's talk
2: about A League of Their Own. Should we talk about A League of Their Own? Let's I just, do it. I just watched
0: it. It was great. I wish I had. I love it.
2: <laughs> oh, it's one of those films now that I... I messaged you and Lee and I was like, yeah, I know the script sometimes better than, Mm. actually not better than what's on the screen, because let's be honest, it's on screen. So how can I? But but yeah, I was watching it again today and I realized I've not watched this in ages, but it's such a special film. So it's sort of a special occasion to get to watch it again. And there are moments that still makes me laugh. I still watch it in awe when they're, you know, playing the game and sliding and hitting and all that stuff. But I still get really emotional when I watch it too. And I know exactly what's coming. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly what's coming. I know... You know, when um the telegram delivery guy, oh, when God. he comes, yeah, that scene, when he comes in to deliver the telegram and we're wondering who's it going to know exactly who it's going to. And yet still, I will get a bit upset watching that, mm. you know, and then the end scene with um, Dotty and Kit, just before we go back to sort of present day. I just did air quotes like you could see me do it. Um.
0: <laughs> the other day I did a dance uh, like whilst I was recording, and then I was like, nobody is seeing any of this, and I'm probably just making a lot of wafting <laughs> sounds near the mic.
2: <laughs> worth it though, worth it. Ah,
0: uh, you know.
2: Yeah. But now I was, I was uh, thoroughly enjoy watching, and then I watched the special features, little documentary thing that's on the on the Blu-ray whilst I had my dinner. Um, so that was lovely, and sort of sad in a way as well, because both Penny Marshall and Gary Marshall have both died now. And they're both in this documentary talking about making the film. Um, cause it's got, obviously Penny Marshall directed it and she directed Big and Awakenings. And I want to say Jumping Jack Flash as well. Ooh. I'm not sure if that's right. I might have to IMDB that and later, but I think she might have done. <laughs> but then she got her brother to come and be in it. And, and according to this documentary, she just phoned him at his house and was like, okay, someone dropped out. So you have to get on the plane. You have to come and do the thing. And. And he said, so you do, because that's what we do for each other. So he just hopped the plane, went down and suited up and he was put into the film. And her daughter was in it as well. She played Betty Spaghetti. So, ah. yeah, her. I did. I wrote it down. Her name is Tracy Reiner. So, yeah, she played Betty Spaghetti. But she there's no nepotism or anything. She went down to to do um the training days for tryouts for the film. And she did really well. So her mum said, well, you, you're in the film. And that was it. And then yeah, she got to play that role, which is kind of cool. And there was all the talking about what it was like working with Madonna and what Madonna was like on set. And apparently, she was fine. She was great. Wasn't a diva.
0: <laughs> Madonna's one of those people who I just have zero time for, except in this movie. Me too. <laughs> like, I don't like. I don't. I don't think I could name a song of hers that I've listened to by choice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I don't think I've seen her in any other films. I yeah. Don't think I care to.
2: I, I think I watched her in a and I thought mm. fair do's love. But to be honest, Evita <laughs> mm. Um but, <laughs> but in this in this film, I really like her because I think also it's not the character of May is probably not a far stretch from a characteristic or two of Madonna. Yeah. We don't we don't know her, but I I kind of get that impression. It's probably not a, mm. a a big stretch for her yeah. to play. Yeah. Um, but I did really like her and Penny Marshall said she needed a dancer and that's exactly what Madonna is because it's it's phew, hard to say she's a singer
0: <laughs> that is true <laughs> <laughs> especially <laughs> after last year's Eurovision
2: oh my god what a nightmare i was just i was watching the music video of this it used to be my playground which is a song mm-hmm. that i really like from the film i think it's a lovely song it's a terrible music video but i was I was watching and I was listening to her and I thought, wow, it just, it's just not sung that well.
0: <laughs> no, she's she's uh, got a hate to like just, you know, rag on women so close to International Women's Day. But yeah, her voice is 100% not for me, like at, me all. at all. I, I bet there's a lot of Madonna songs I would like if someone else sang them. <laughs> I was, it's, it's just it's what I was thinking. I, was like,
2: I need to hit YouTube and see who's done a cover of This Used to Be My Playground
1: mm. and
2: who's done it justice. Um, <laughs> and hear a good version of it. That's yeah. what I need to do. I mean, you know, 80s Madonna is fun and poppy and stuff. And there's some stuff I do like. And there you were know, one or two things she did in the early 2000s, late 90s that I sort of liked. But generally, I'm definitely more of a share girl, but you know this. Well, I do. <laughs> but no, that was cool. It was cool. I, I, yeah, she is very good in this film.
0: Mm. I must,
2: I must give her that. And her with,
0: with Rosie O'Donnell as well. Um, well this is the thing she has to act against some like really amazing women like <laughs> i would even like i'm not an actress but if i was i don't think i could ever go for a film where they're like you have to act against gina davis a lot i'd be like <laughs> <laughs> no no <laughs> <laughs> um no thank you very much i'm dreadful compared to this woman like she's yeah. a goddess and i'm trash <laughs> like, yeah. i bloody
2: love gina davis i mean i she's I, fantastic in this movie she's so good and i love her in so much many- I even love Cutthroat Island, and I don't think she likes it, and a lot of people don't like it, but I love that film so much. It's such a fun uh, Sunday matinee movie. But um, Anyway, but in this film, she's amazing. And I love her relationship with Laurie Petty, who plays her sister, Kit. Mm. I think their relationship is, is great in it. Even though sometimes, you know, I want to give Kit a bit of a smack around the back of the head.
0: <laughs> well, this is the thing, you see, as a person with a sister, I can tell you that there are... There are always there, there's always been times where one of us has wanted to smack the other one up the side of the head. That is the nature of sisters, because I think that's what I really um, gravitated towards with this film, because mm. if I'm honest, I don't know a fucking thing about baseball like, or no. not, not even a smidgen of a thing. No. I know you have to hit a ball and I know there's running involved
1: that's I just, as far yeah. as
0: I'll go. It's like a much <laughs> bigger version of Rounders. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess so. And you, I don't and that's, know. That's all I know about it. Yeah, but like with this film, I absolutely adore it for two for two reasons. The first is the relationship between Kit and Dotty, because mm. it is very much like a sisterly relationship. Sometimes yeah. they're like you know the closest thing in the history of the world, unbreakable relationship. You know, yeah. fiercely loyal, will defend each other to the fucking death. Yeah. do anything for each other, lose a game, don't even care. And then other times you straight up want to drop kick them out of fucking window. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, and the other reason I love this film is because it is just absolutely chock out with amazing women that are all different. Because yeah. I've been known in the past to clamber up on top of my feminist soapbox and say that just because a movie has two or more women in it does not... A feminist movie make mm. because those women oftentimes like my best example of it is actually in like Moffat era Doctor Who. Yeah, I think if you took uh Clara and River and Amy and even Sally Sparrow yeah. and rejig the actresses and rejig the dialogue between a lot of them, you wouldn't have any like they're just the same mm. cookie cutter in inverted commas strong female character. Yeah. Whereas the women in this film, like, some of them are bawdy, some of them are leery, some of yeah. them are timid, some yeah. of them are, like, physically imposing, some of them are very, you know, petite, ladylike. Yeah. You know, there's dancers, there's stupidly Let, funny ones. Yeah, like.
2: there's the heavily religious ones, which was yeah. uh, Helen, I think her name was, in the film. Yeah. Um, like that. And, yeah, I I completely agree. It's And the funny thing is, in a way, um,
0: it's written by two men as well. Yeah. Um. I, I mean, I suppose when you're tasked with the um, you know, the idea of making a movie about women literally stepping up to the plate.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, whilst men are off doing a war, I would imagine they would have got shouted down if they'd have written anything <laughs> <laughs> like anything to uh you yeah crap. But I, I've always been blown away by it. there's there's somebody for every woman yeah. to relate to in that yeah. film.
2: Even like the, the- practically a single mum when you've got um oh god what's her name
0: I can't Evelyn her name Evelyn
2: either. that was it. evelyn with um her little boy who um jimmy dugan tom hanks throws a baseball mitt at <laughs> <laughs> at, the, at the world series games and hits him and it's one of the funniest things but yeah even her she's you know her husband says she has to take the kid with her so she's basically a single mum on a tour of baseball gaming and stuff which is great and yeah i think all the women in this were brilliant just brilliant even those that didn't get really any dialogue either Mm. um each individual character was their own which was really lovely but i was when i was watching the the making of it and they were saying because obviously it's based on not quite actual events but it is based on a real time in the second world war in america where there was an all-american girls baseball league lasted for about 10 years from um, sort of the early 40s to the mid 50s or something like that so their research was they went out and they spoke to all these women and they're the women that are playing at the end of the, their film yeah they're the, they're the actual women and they went and spoke to these ladies and and got stories and you know tales and anecdotes and stuff of of all the things that happened whilst they were playing um which i, I would say is obviously what's helped them devise and create this this brilliant film because a lot of them said even penny marshall who was a a massive sports fan she didn't know anything about the the girls baseball league um until someone handed her a documentary that was all about it and it was like a 20 or 40 minute documentary and then it was like well there's a film here and so the film was created um but she had to take it to another studio i forget which studio she was with but um at first they weren't kind of interested and then i was like well who's who's going to play the coach and she's like ignore who's playing anyone right now just listen to the story and then she went off to do awakenings or finish awakenings and they were going to give it to a male director and start it and do it without her. And then it got shelved. And then she came back to it. And I think it was, I don't know, Sony or someone wanted her to sign with them to make films. And they said, we'll even do that, that girl, that girly film you wanted. To. <laughs> it, even she was like rolling her eyes at that kind of comment. And, um, the other studio had already put seven million dollars into it. And she was like, well, how would you like to get your seven million back? And so they, Said so sure. And so got made elsewhere. And then we got this great film that's still spoken about today. It's apparently still held up as one of the best sport movies made. And the stars of the film, they still get fan mail about it, spoken to about it. I've seen through Gina Davis's uh, social media sites, because you know, she does this, um, gender in film and in TV thing. Yeah. She was, she was at a baseball event and they were in there racing, not racing, their Rockford Peaches uniforms and everything playing, which is really cool. And they got some of the cast down to play as well, including Gina Davis, and I think it was a big benefit or something. So it still means an awful lot to them, which is really cool. And also I had some really really great dialogue. I mean some of the best lines.
0: Oh, it does. There, There was like... <laughs> There was a period where, because my sister's the tomboy of our family. Like when we were younger, I was the Barbie dolls and the princessy dresses and uh-huh. uh, and the girly girly times. Yeah, know. Um, I would not have thought that. And my and my sister was like a hundred percent. Like, let's go out and play football and climb a fucking tree. Um, <laughs> That's <and>, uh, yeah. <laughs> We like we always used to like bond over this movie because it had stuff for both of us. Because it's like yeah. you know baseball and then also you know, relationships and also like touching on the, the war stuff as well. But there was a time when nearly every time that I used to cry, my sister would just come up to me and go, there's no crying in baseball. And (laughs) it just let me laugh. And that had stopped me from crying, which is like adorable, isn't it? (laughs) I was just, I was watching that
2: is, I was watching that scene where, um, Tom Hanks is having a go at, uh, Jimmy Dugan's having a go at Evelyn for missing the, the throw or whatever. And he has a go and he, and, um, He's, he's, like, you know, he's quoted something like, try using your head. That's that lump that's three feet above your ass. <laughs> which I really love. And then that's when she starts crying. <laughs> it's like, there's no crying in baseball. <laughs> and I love it. The umpire comes over and is like, what's going on, Jimmy? She's crying, sir. And he's so like, you should just, you know, treat them and speak to them like you would your mother. And I think he says, even though you look like a little penis with a little hat on or something. <laughs> because he gets thrown out of the game which it really makes me chuckle. Uh, <laughs> Tom Hanks is wonderful in this film too. He's so he's so so good. So good cuz obviously he did big with Penny Marshall in the 80s which mm. is another film I absolutely adore.
0: I love <laughs> I, I love that film up until the point when I hit the age when I realized these sort of implications of the relationship in that film and then I was like, ah, oh, it's a bit gross. <laughs> See I just
2: just I just don't think about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to be honest, yeah,
0: just there's a lot of films I should do that more with. I <laughs> just don't
2: think just about don't just think it. Think, it's it's just a fairy tale. It's <laughs> just a film at the end of the day. I did, I did have a, a chuckle as well whilst watching the movie And you get when they're trying to, the girls are trying to figure out ways to get more audience in to watch them, you know. Yeah. And and you got Madonna's May saying, you know, what what if um a key moment of the game, and she like, my my uniform pops open, and my, my my bosoms fall out, and you've got Doris, Rosie O'Donnell's character, kind of just like, you think there are men in this country? I haven't seen your breasts. <laughs> 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 uh, I, I thought, because I there's a time when um, Rosie O'Donnell was doing really well, and this really made her, and I really, really like Rosie O'Donnell, but uh, sadly, um, just recently, she's um, I don't think she's been very well. Um, I think it's more to do with mental health issues mm. and things, but, um, I've seen odd news items here and there that have come out, which have always been a bit worrying, which is a shame because I thought she was great. She was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. She was, uh, she was great when, um, I mean, she's, <laughs> she still is, mm. but like, obviously, there's very few films where you get to see, um, larger women being yeah. competent to anything, really. Yeah uh so that was a bit of a revelation for little fat stace yeah um you know <laughs>
2: little,
0: and little young fat stace just looking at the screen like she's a fatty and she's playing sports and she's really good at it because yep. she herself is
2: a brilliant baseball player mm. um so it's completely natural for her i mean i do love it when they're doing you know the montage of clips uh for all the games they're playing and she catches the ball and she falls into the lap, basically, of some bloke yeah. in the audience and she comes out with um his hot dog. No, Not a euphemism, <laughs> but <laughs> his hot dog in her mouth, which I, that yeah, it's just so much fun. I, I love this. I'm a little bit suspicious because, you know, they're making a TV series of it.
0: Yeah, I, I am it's, also. Yeah. Hmm. Is it Amazon, I think? It Possibly.
2: Amazon? I, I think forget. I'm, yeah. And I'm a little bit, I don't know. Oh, I'll yeah. wait and see. I think it's just because the film is it's so special. Yeah. But I'm just not quite so sure. Mm. But, um, oh uh, yeah. Just, just it. Like this. There's also, cause I, the Blu-ray I got, which you can quite easily get a hold of, um, it's got some deleted scenes. And there's a deleted scene when Marla comes back. Cause you remember in the film Marla, um, who was a very quiet, shy, raised shoulders one. Yeah. Who's seeing his blues really badly at the bar. Mm. And she gets married and, and she leaves. Well, they show a deleted uh, scene, which Penny Marshall, I think she was doing and throwing whether to cut it, but she had to cut. And uh, it's a scene where Marla comes back, but she plays for a different team. Uh-huh. And um, she um, she comes back and her team ends up playing against the Rockford Peaches. And she thinks that she might be pregnant. So do you remember in the movie, the cut that you see where uh, Dottie is sat in her bedroom and she's crying her eyes out and then her husband walks through the door? Mm-hmm. And it's a scene that follows, uh, after the telegrams are brought in, or the yeah. telegram is brought in. Yeah. So that it still makes sense as a cut, completely makes sense. But then you watch this scene that Penny Marshall cut out, which is, um, Marla's running to the base plate and Doddy stops her, but then Marla goes flying over her and takes a really bad fall. And then it's a question of whether or not she's lost the baby. Yeah. Because of, of that. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes, again, so it makes more sense again why dotty be crying in a bedroom afterwards Mm. because people are like god she she might be pregnant and oh dotty what have you done and and that kind of stuff which i sort of when i first saw i was in two minds about whether i would have liked to have seen that scene in the film
0: it's a bit heavy isn't it and the the film's already a little bit heavy anyway
2: because you just the way she cut it from the telegram scene to the the how it is in the film you know telegram scene to dotty in a bedroom and then her husband coming home it's like I think that's heavy enough, maybe.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a bit. So
2: I still think that that delivery guy from with the telegram, he, he needed a good smacking.
0: Good lord! I mean, I, yeah, I fully understand from a movie point of view the building up of tension, mm-hmm. but good heavens, mate! So, so put callous. these poor women out of their misery, Jesus yeah. Christ! I mean, just stand there, be like, God! Oh, you think they'd send
2: someone, you know, to tell you that your husband's dead? I'm like, dude, what the? Come on, mm. have a heart, you callous bastard! Yeah. Um, and, and then, of course, the news is delivered by by Jimmy, and phew, I'm generally
0: in a puddle yeah i d- it's a it's it's one of those movies that it's like it's hard to recommend to people in the sense that it's not really a baseball film, but it's right. also not really a war film, but it's also not really a film about the sisters. It's all of those things at once, and somehow yeah. it does all the elements really, really well. well it's um
2: one brilliant relationship film. You know, and they become a family as a team anyway, but it is just one major relationship film. And the, the, the sports is great, not knowing hugely about baseball, but watching them play and the way people have spoken about it. They do it really well and they apparently do it all properly and they're doing it time fitting as well. So baseball gloves today have webbing between the fingers so the ball can't slip through and smack you in the face. Mm. But the gloves they were using in the 40s didn't have that. So they're the gloves that the girls were using in the film. Uh. So whilst they were learning to use and practice, they would get balls coming through and smack them in the face and some broken noses and stuff would happen. Jeez. So it's you know it's all really kind of authentic baseball playing as, as much as they could before they were put in the stunt doubles. Because mm. um, I still love that scene, even though it's movie magic. I love that moment when, so hopping all over the place in this film, don't care. <laughs> um, when Dottie and Kit and Marla first arrive at the field uh, for tryouts, and um what's her name doris throws the baseball at kit and she ducks and dotty catches it Mm. there's one bare hand it's like oh no that's movie magic i know it's cut cut edit all that sort of shit but i still bloody love it yeah i love that that moment so much and when she does the splits to catch the ball (laughs) you know Mm. it's unnecessary but i love it and in the world series where she's um running to catch the foul ball Dotty this is and she runs and she catches it but at the same time basically has to jump and fall into the the player's pit mm. you know I love all of that
0: yeah it's a really fantastic movie it. yeah there's just
2: so this I don't think there's many bits I don't like actually there's not much I find
0: boring about it no not at all it's nothing um, I mean skip through it's been a while since I've seen it I think the last time I saw it was actually at your house uh, yes. <laughs> which was too many years ago. It's yep. upsetting. But it is genuinely one of those films that, like, I could happily watch it now yeah. and yeah. I could probably happily watch it again in a couple of months. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, it's just, there's so much to appreciate about the film. Yeah. Um. On top of the fact that it's just chock out with amazing women
2: <laughs> doing it, <yeah>.
0: sports competently.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's, it is such an overall great cast. I mean, it's even got in it Taya Leone, who is, she's not, She hasn't got any script in the film. You just see her as a player, and she plays on the Racine Bells team. Mm. But she would go on to play lots of different stuff. I think she's in Jurassic Park 3, maybe, Lost World. But on TV, she's just finished Madame Secretary. Oh, okay. She did that for, what, four or five years, something like that, Mm. Um, which was a really good series. Um, So, yeah, she was in that too. But, yeah, such a great cast. And John Lovitz as well. I bloody love him in it yeah I think it's to be honest I think it's almost a perfect movie yeah yeah it's just there's sometimes a little bits I forget about it I mean I love the score mm. if I could get a hold of the score I'd love to because it's it's fun it's fun but really moving yeah and that's got that kind of uh I guess sport film kind of hopefulness to it as well which yeah it
0: sounds, yeah it sounds does.
2: ridiculous but
0: <laughs> no it makes perfect sense
2: <laughs> It really yeah I just yeah it's just great it, stupidly and really pathetically, it does make me wish there was somewhere around here I could go join a team and you know play baseball or something or because it's actually a game I'd actually probably enjoy playing. Um, <laughs> see, if I
0: was see, at all fit. Yeah, I uh, th- even if I could get up the fitness for me, it's the the case of things flying at my face. Nothing. <laughs> do not want that at all in my
2: life. <laughs> I always love playing rounders. I love playing rounders. It was- Really great fun, and um, I even got a baseball mitt and and ball and that, and Dad would play catch with me and on one of the trips he went to America, he got me a baseball, and the baseball had on it markings um for where your fingers would be placed to throw the different style of pitches, so fastball, slow ball curve, which was really cool. I think I found that there was a softball team somewhere in Norwich, but the buggers never seemed to ever be playing, so i don't really know if it still exists. <laughs> So I don't really see. see the point of them still having any form of social media or mm. presence online.
0: I used to only ever be good at sports that involved me getting things away from myself. Like I was quite good at like javelin and shot put for a while when I used to, you know, really practice those. Now I've got the arms of a limp noodle, but
2: <laughs> mine aren't much better, and I'm quite concerned about what's going on around the stomach area. <laughs> but I, I just I just need to actually get fit again and get in the swimming pool and you know. Do physical things, run, just sit on my ass at work if I'm Watch, there. Watching movies, watching movies. <laughs> and say so I'm watching a movie because it's from a film studies course. So technically, <laughs> I'm learning.
0: It's <laughs> like Ralph Wiggum. <laughs> I'm learning.
2: <laughs> it's educational. I'll have you know, and it's research. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So that was episode 103, our Superpod sports special. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I've just realised that during the intro, I did a lot of talking about the Superpod without actually telling you when and where it happens. Um, It's going to be in Southampton on Saturday the 7th and Sunday the 8th of March. There are a lot of podcasts that are there for free. You can just make uh, a small donation if you choose to once you arrive at the venue, which is called The Social. And there are ticketed headliners on the Saturday and Sunday evenings. Um you can get your tickets from superpod.co.uk. If you're not able to attend in person, much like my sad sorry stay self, then you can make a donation at superpod.co.uk or via justgiving.com forward slash super pod. I hope everything goes really well, Al, and uh lovely listeners. I shall see you for a not so special, not so bonus episode. No, it'll still be special because I'm great. I'm my co-hosts are always great well okay so the co-hosts are always great i'm not always great anyway shut up stace uh have a good lovely smarch and i'll see you soon Mwah. thank you for listening to stacy's pop culture parlor to get in touch with me the titular stace you can follow me on twitter at Stacey's parlor send an email to Stacey's parlor at gmail.com or come and join the stacy's pop culture parlor facebook group If you'd like to leave a review for the show, please do so on Apple Podcasts or over at podchaser.com. If you like what you heard enough to want to give me some money, which would be quite spectacular actually, you can go to coffee.com forward slash Stacey's Parlour. That's ko-fi.com forward slash Stacey's Parlour. The music that you're hearing right now is by the amazing band Starbomb, and you should really check them out on Spotify, iTunes, or on their website. Thanks for stopping by, and I'll see you next month.